Welcome to Voices of E-Learning, reflecting the people living and breathing the future of education and online learning with your host, J.W. Marshall. Hello and welcome everyone to today's episode of the Voices of E-Learning Season 2. I'm your host, J.W. Marshall. So glad to see you with me as always as my co-host, Lena Marie Saleh. And we have an amazing episode for you today. Uh, our guest on this episode is Ashley Anderson Santop, and she is the CEO of Cambium Learning Group. Ashley, how are you doing today? I'm, I'm well, thank you. How are you? Doing really well and excited to dive in here. There's so much ground we want to cover, but we'll start the episode like we start every episode by asking our guests uh, if you could give our audience a little background on who are you and what do you love about what you do? Okay, so who I am. Um, I am a former educator and collegiate coach uh, turned C-suite leader focused on making a difference in education and um, what I love about my job is that last statement. Um, you know, one of the things I think that has gotten me out of bed in the morning <laughs> for well over two decades, unfortunately, is the idea that a group of people can come together, regardless about what they disagree on and really work hard bringing to the table all the innovation that they have to bear on a situation to improve outcomes for students. That's what I love about what I do. And that's what I love about what we do at Cambium. I love it. And we want to get into your recent promotion to CEO of Cambium. But before we go fully there, um, give our audience a little background on your journey um, through education and, and kind of how you got to where you are today. Sure, sure. Happy to. Um, well, as we were just talking about, I did actually get my start um, in the classroom um, as a classroom teacher and a collegiate coach. And, um, you know, I ultimately made the jump to business. And a lot of that was fueled by what I felt as a kind of a burning impatience, a good kind of impatience, you know, to really make an impact and make an impact at scale. And I thought the way to combine the things that I loved about making an impact in education with being able to do more of that and to reach more students was to say, how could we use business or enterprise to solve some of these problems and to fund some of the innovation involved with problems? So that's ultimately what, what drove me there. And you know, that good kind of impatience really fueled um, my career. I yeah, put my hand up for everything, <laughs> absolutely everything. And so what that ultimately meant is, you know, I really um, was both privileged and lucky and dogged about um, gaining every kind of important operating milestone experience that I could. And so by the time I was in my mid thirties, I had had a really a lot of terrific and formative and critical um, experiences with those kinds of key operating milestones, like uh, running startup, a joint venture, mature businesses, uh, leading acquisitions and integrations, um, 
leading digital transformations, sitting in CEO seat and board seat roles, you know, in, in places all over the world. Um, and that I think has created a foundation and ability to have both short-term and long-term perspectives in um, K-12 education about the things that are fundamental um, to durable to success and to really building um, a positive impact that's compounding over time. And so, you know, I, um, I think that's sort of been a consistent theme with my career and that's part of what brought me to Cambium. Great. It's really, it's always encouraging to hear people's stories of how they transferred from the classroom and then going into business and enterprise and the different workings across business and how um, important I think a theme is we see of basically taking any opportunity that prevents, presents itself to you. So um, I know that you were the COO of Campium and now you are the CEO. So how do you feel like your role as the COO prepared you to be the CEO? Yeah. Um, well, I think, you know, coming back to that um, career progression and um, career paths, one of the things um, that really attracted me to Cambium was some of the things that are unique about the organization um, that have really driven growth in the organization and created the need and the opportunity for a COO role, a chief operating officer role at Cambium. Um, that role was new at the time um, that I joined Cambium and took on that role. And you know, some of those things that are really critical about the organization, which um, have created a real opportunity for durable growth of impact and growth of the business, resulting growth of the business, are things like um, a really focused and dedicated set of professionals who are closest to our customers, combined with solutions, services, tools that do what they are intended to do, that solve the problem that they're that our customers hire us to solve or fill the need that our customers, you know, hire us um, to fill a need for. And, you know, Cambium has um, grown to the point where we're serving 94% of U.S. school districts and more students around the world. And that means that those first two things combined with that ability to um, have significant reach creates the opportunity and the imperative for us to really have a positive impact. And when you take those three things and you combine them with an incredible management team and a really dedicated sponsor and steward who wants to invest in a transformation um, and wants to invest in growth of a business, you create a tremendous opportunity. And in partnership with all of that, we have the incredible leadership by Cambium's outgoing CEO, retiring CEO, John Campbell, who really invested in this role and supporting the growth of the organization by being very thoughtful and very intentional with succession planning. So 
while we're sort of talking about this in a new way now, this is something that John and I have been working on for nearly two years now. So that, you know, that really creates an opportunity to say, when you're, as a leader, looking at an organization, identifying areas for continuous growth, continuous need for development, and also articulating up front or identifying up front, what's most critical to continue that success. And a big part of that is really smart, really thoughtful, really intentional succession planning. And that's, and that's part of um, a big part of this change and, um, and why this is happening now. And, and John is a legend in the ed tech space. Uh, he, he's been so good for so long and, and it really is um, an honor to, to get a talk with you. You have big shoes to fill, as you know, um, and especially because Cambium has had such impressive growth, uh, especially over the last five years. Um, something like 5x bookings growth is really, really phenomenal, especially through the pandemic. Um, so in 94% penetration of U.S. students, obviously that's not all products to all students, but um, where do you go from here as CEO? Uh, what what are your plans and how do you continue to grow such a successful business and keep having um, even greater impact? Yeah, okay, well, um, that's the right question. First though, I can't pass up the opportunity to say, um, I couldn't agree with you more about John Campbell. Um, uh, there is no one like him. What an incredible leader, someone who is absolutely dedicated his career tirelessly every day um, to making an impact in education. And, you know, as you mentioned, we've had incredible growth over the last five years, but Cambium has grown from dollar one practically um, to, you know, a billion dollar organization um, with John as leader. So when we think about, um, you know, the impact and the efficacy of impact and having that show um, in terms of financial growth of the organization, as well as employee community growth, you know, we're an organization now um, employing nearly 2,500 employees um, and John was probably employee one, um, or maybe he was even contractor one. Um, you know, what an incredible legacy. And he's also someone who is, at least to me personally, um, you know, a tireless champion, friend, mentor, accomplice. Um, you know, I feel very lucky and very privileged uh, to have worked with John, and I'm delighted that he's going to um, stay with Cambium as a board member. We're very lucky and very privileged to have him. I will say on the shoes front, I, I now know from experience, even though I started remotely um, at Cambium uh, during a pandemic, I now know firsthand that he and I do have different tastes in shoes. So I won't be filling John's shoes. I thought you were going to say you had the same size shoes. be wearing be my own shoes. <laughs> I love it. I love it. I will be wearing my own shoes. Um uh, but I think, you know, getting back to your question about where do we grow from here, um, you know, Cambium currently serves over 20 million students um, in, in K-12. And in the U.S. alone, there are 35 million more students who need us. Um, there are millions more students around the world. We will actively be striving um, to serve those students. And, and We'll do that in a variety of ways. Um, you know, 
as an organization over the last three years, we've really made a number of transformational acquisitions um, to the business. And we've also invested in each of our businesses, our five business units significantly in each of those business units has grown. We'll continue to do that. We'll continue to look for other businesses, solutions, teams, and innovations that align with our purpose that we want to invest in and help continue to grow in their purpose. Um, And that's an important, that's a critical um, path forward for us. So on the note of acquisitions, are you guys anticipating any more acquisitions? We're always looking. <laughs> We're always looking. And I will say this, um, we look at, you know, acquisitions often on a weekly basis. Um, we've done three major acquisitions over a three-year period. So even though we look at acquisitions weekly, which can mean we're looking at well over 100 acquisitions a year, you know, we might do one a year or we might do fewer than that because the important thing is whether an acquisition aligns with our purpose um, and whether we can help that acquisition grow um, and continue its growth in terms of reach and impact. So, you know, that's, I think those are critical things, which means we look at a lot, but, but actually acquire a few um, and, you know, are really intentional about that. And we continue to invest um, in each of our business units as part of growing our impact and growing our reach. And that's critically important. And that includes things like developing and launching new products in each of our businesses, solutions and services. So, you know, we're thinking about all of those things when we think about how do we serve educators and students um, in K-12. And that really does come back to our purpose. Cambium's purpose is to help every student and every educator feel seen, valued, and supported. And so that's the lens that we look at all of the investments in each of our business units through and potential any potential acquisition um, that we might do in the space. I think that's an important part for any ed tech founder or anyone who's working in the business models to make sure that you keep your true north. It's really easy to see a business and see their growth and say, oh, this is really great, but it might not fit with your business model. It might not fit with your purpose or your mission. And so those are important things to kind of keep in the back of your mind. So I think it's important. And I think I love that you touched on that because I think sometimes people are like, oh, I'll just buy up the next thing or I'll just do this. And then we see the um, lack of leadership and maybe the the company that's been acquired is not showing as much growth as it should because it doesn't match the business mission and vision don't match as they should. Yes, that's exactly right. That's exactly right. That's a huge part of what we're looking for is if if we're aligned on our purpose and we believe that we can help um, the solution, the business that we're acquiring grow, those are some of the most critical things um, that we are thinking about and that we're um, looking at. Um, So it's about what both parties are bringing to the table um, in a situation like that. So both parties can feel comfortable that we're going to grow. Yeah, I think and that's along with, for, oh, I was just going to say, and along with the purpose, I really love how Cambium focuses on what you call your, your essential elements of simplicity, certainty, and now. Um, I guess tell us more about those for our audience that's not familiar, and how do you plan to guide those uh, forward and as the business continues to grow? Yeah, um, great question. Thank you for asking that, JW. Um, so I think 
the reason that the essential elements of a simplicity, certainty, and now are important is because we know and understand that education is complex, right? Um, and there are a lot of really um, significant challenges for administrators, for educators, and for students in terms of being successful in the space. And particularly now, um, that couldn't be more true than it is now. Um, administrators are exhausted, educators are exhausted, students are exhausted, and the families who support them are exhausted. Um, and so it's really critical that we keep that in mind um, as we move forward and that that's at the front of our mind with everything that we everything that we do. So when, when we're serving educators and students, we're asking ourselves always, is the solution easy to use? Are we implementing it with fidelity so that the implementation is successful? And that's part of simplicity. Are we helping our customer be successful? Are we asking the customer for res being responsible for being successful? Are we asking educators and district leaders and administrators and ultimately even students um, to be responsible or are we taking responsibility? Um, and that's part of certainty. So the other part of this is, are we committing to be the very best at the job that we are hired to do? Are we committing to solving the problem that we've been asked to solve or to filling the need that we've been asked to fill. Um, and that's the certainty. So are we making it simple and are we providing certainty? Are we giving educators and students the confidence that they need um, in order to be successful? And then the now is immediacy, right? We, we know and we've all heard and we've all seen in the space um, you know, solutions and marketing um, that say, hey, use XYZ, implement, invest in all of this, and, you know, do this over some period of time. And at the end of that, some period of time, things will be better. <laughs> and we understand that because we understand that we have to be striving for a future. But our belief is our solutions should make a difference from day one, right? They should you can't get to a future if you don't make a difference today and tomorrow and the next day. Um, so that is that is ultimately what the now means. The now is immediacy. We understand and empathize that the need is now and that we need to make a difference right now. It's not okay for us to say, yeah, this will be good in six months, nine months, a year, two years, just keep using it or just keep doing it. Um, we need to make that difference right now. And those are a big part of the elements that help us understand and that we measure ourselves by to help ourselves understand, are we being the best um, that we can be for our customers? And are we doing the best um, job that we can do um, for our customers? And we also apply those, we have to apply those things internally because we know that education is complex and the challenges in education that educators and administrators face are complex. So we start by reaching out and taking on that complexity and bringing it to us, to ourselves. But then we have to ask ourselves internally and hold ourselves accountable. Are we striving for those same things internally as well? Great, great things to, it's, I think it's important that whatever you're practicing, whatever you're 
output is, it's the same input. So making sure that you're supporting that inside your business is always important too, because if you're not supporting from the inside, then you also get, you don't want to have, you just want to have a supportive environment all the way around. Um, so on that note, just talking about supporting teachers, and we talk a lot here on this podcast about the ever-changing demands of education and how it's evolved and what the pandemic has cost for teachers and districts and thought leaders. Um, so can you talk a little bit about how Cambium is supporting teachers as they continue to struggle with the demands of ever-evolving education? Yeah, that's a great question. And it's one of the most fundamental, I think, um, that we're addressing and that we're all grappling with in education. Um, there are a couple of ways in which I would answer that. The first is that fundamentally, the areas that we focus on in Cambium, we see are the areas that are most critical to educator and student success. And so we're investing in literacy solutions, in math and science solutions, in assessment, formative, interim, and summative, and reporting solutions to help educators, administrators, um, folks who are making decisions about funding see and know um, where students actually are and where the support and help is needed. So that's the very first sort of high level view of that. Um, the second and most critical and important is gets back to what we were just talking about, which is that we know and, and feel and understand and many of us at Cambium either um, have recently or in the past been educators, so feel firsthand, um, you know, the, the real stress and exhaustion um, that educators and administrators are facing. And so one of the other really important things in general that we're investing in across the board is customer success and implementation support. Um, how do we provide really materially increased success services and implementation support so that when we are providing a solution, we're providing a solution that's going to be successful, um, that's going to reach the students and engage the students it needs to engage. And so educators feel confident and comfortable um, using the solution. So that's the other, um, you know, really critical thing there. And then lastly, I would say, um, and there are so many more ways that we could talk about this, but the other really big topic is that we're continuing to invest and expand our professional learning for educators. Um, and we think that's so important now for, for so many reasons. It's always been important. <laughs> you know, I can say that as a, a former educator. Um, it's always been important, but it's even more important now than ever because, um, you know, the exhaustion that we're talking about, the challenges that students and educators are facing is also exasperated by and aggravated by um, teacher shortages staffing shortages in schools in general, um, and turnover associated with that. So, you know, we've got lots of new folks or less experienced folks coming into the ecosystems, trying to tackle and challenge and solve these problems and address these challenges. So giving educators additional support and professional learning opportunities that are focused, laser focused on the challenges that they're having to address in the, in the classroom is critical. So a couple of examples of that would be our letters solution um, to teach, teaching educators how to teach literacy based on the science of reading. Um, 
that's critically important as so many educators are coming into the ecosystem and don't necessarily feel equipped to do this. I can say this myself, Mia Kulpa, I was an educator in, you know, kindergarten, first, first, second, who wasn't educated on the science of reading and how to instruct literacy. I would have been better. I would have been a better educator if I had had that instruction and that professional learning opportunity. Um, also, Learning A to Z um, is launching a, um, a new solution called Foundations A to Z, which is a literacy solution that also um, is built based on the science of reading that includes embedded professional development embedded in lesson and in solution, bite-sized professional development and professional learning opportunities. So that right in the moment, um, as a classroom teacher is trying to deploy an assessment or assignment, if they need to brush up on something or have additional support on something, they've got that right at their fingertips. And so we're looking at that. So from all aspects of the challenge, um, how do we educate? How do we consistently educate cohorts of um, teachers and support and provide ongoing support to um, educators who are faced with the challenges um, in the classroom in the moment um, that they're faced with that, and on an ongoing basis every day, so that they feel supported um, in their roles and what they're asked to do. So I love those answers because those are things we talk about on our show it seems like almost every week, the, the importance of implementation, the best software in the world does you no good if it's not implemented at all, exactly. let alone properly implemented. Um, and so I was just on a, a thought leadership panel with Michael Horn and a few other kind of uh, big thought leaders. And a lot of it was talking about uh, how districts, now the study came out recently saying districts have over 1500 pieces of software and curriculum and technology wow. that they're trying to implement. And there's not enough time in the day for all those things to, to happen. And uh, we, we feel like there may be what's called a great audit coming where districts are really after the pandemic going to look at all these things that they've acquired over not just the last two years of the pandemic, but certainly they've gotten a lot of free things and a lot of new things. But even the last 10 years, right, things just kind of uh, came into their orbit and never left. And so they, at the end, said, what's the biggest challenge? And a lot of people said, oh, finding the right learning management system, finding the right. And I came back and said, it's professional development. Because again, the greatest you know, programs do you no good without that strong PD and not one-time PD, but ongoing PD. So to hear that you have the just-in-time PD, that is the, the future. And so much of the EdTech products have evolved you know, for the be better, but the training piece hasn't, right? It's still a full day or a half day or you know, a sit and get uh, that you can't retain all that information. So I'm very passionate and very happy to hear you say that. My question kind of pivots to supporting teachers and the, the kind of great resignation of not just teachers, but many professions. Um, and we often don't talk about the, the silver lining of ed tech companies hiring educators and former educators and what impact that can have on building better products, on building better PD, on building better implementation. Talk to us a little bit about maybe the glass half fold side of hiring educators into ed tech and into Cambium and the power that they have to not just influence a classroom, but an entire, you know, nation or millions of students. Yeah, I, JW, I so appreciate that question. Um, and I'm a little bit biased since that is my background. <laughs> that is my, right. um, my origin. Um, I, I, it's hard to underemphasize or overemphasize the importance um, of educators as part of 
Cambium's employee base, um, actual classroom teachers who have had the experience on the ground. Um, and there are so many ways that's true. That's not only true for um, influencing the innovation that relates to products um, and solutions, you know, all the way down to UI and UX. It's also, you know, incredibly important relative to our customer success and implementation teams. So folks who can really empathize um, and build empathy throughout the organization for the challenges um, that classroom teachers face, that administrators face. Um, Administrators are also an important part um, of our employee community at Cambium. And folks who really, you know, have sort of been on the front line relative to the competing priorities, the conflicting forces, how much time is available or not available for professional learning, what avail, you know, what kinds of experiences with professional learning. Folks have comfort levels implementing solutions and tools, um, a really immediate sense of what students respond to really well and what's difficult and challenging. It's also important in our sales teams, um, all understanding all of those same dynamics and truly having sales, customer success, implementation, and marketing teams, as well as product development teams who have that real empathy um, and have those shared experiences and can learn from one another and push one another and take those experiences and those challenges on board as we're doing that, that is such a critical component of really being true partners um, to our administrators, our educators, and ultimately the classroom teachers and students we're serving. Very powerful. Obviously, I very much agree with you on that because I'm an educator as well. I'm coming into the ed tech um, space. It's it's important to represent, I think, all the stakeholders, the teachers, the classroom teachers, the administrators. Sometimes the administrators get left behind Mm -hmm. and they actually need way more support because they actually have less structures in place. So I think it's important that you're speaking to that too. Um, I think so many, they just get left behind and, and they, I think sometimes need the most support to be able to lift everyone else up because they mm-hmm. carry the most weight sometimes. Yeah. Okay. So switching gears just a little bit out of this, um, one of the reasons why we wanted to bring you on to our podcast episode today is to discuss something that's not often discussed in the ed tech space, but there are not a lot of women CEOs. And I think it's such a powerful um, positioning because in the classroom, there are a lot of women in the classroom. That's just, you know, traditionally what it's always been. Um, But how has, um, how do you feel like this shift has been for you being a woman CEO and being able to represent Cambium? and also to just represent women in general? Great question. Um, You know, sort of a complex answer. You know, the really simple part of the answer is, and I think this is true for a lot of us, regardless of um, the role that we're in, um, we almost always have a bigger impact than we think that we're having. Um, you know, when we're doing our jobs and we're thinking about our responsibilities, we're thinking about ourselves. 
um, doing those jobs, meeting those responsibilities, supporting the people that we need to support. But we often don't realize um, what that means to other people um, until something happens and someone takes the time to tell us that. I certainly have that experience from time to time where I think I'm heads down working hard on something that it's my job to do and I have responsibilities to support people and help people. So I'm focused on doing that. And it can take, you know, actually having to step back to be reminded of what that can mean to other people. And, you know, I've certainly had that experience recently with this announcement of me taking the CEO role at Cambium. And I have to be honest, it's been a very humbling experience um, to, I expected some of that, but I've really heard from so many people, women, men, all over the industry about how important it is to them to see a woman, not only in the role of CEO in the ed tech space, but in the role of CEO at an ed tech company of significant scale. Um, because I think to the, to the point that you were raising, one of the real positives um, that we've seen is more and more women are, are stepping in to C-suite roles and CEO roles in the ed tech space. And it is wonderful to see some of that changing. At the same time, we know and can see that there are fewer and fewer women as we talk about um, ed tech and technology companies in general at scale. Um, so when we're starting to talk about 500 million and 750 million and a billion dollar annual um, organizations, you see less and less of that. So I, I was truly humbled and continue to be truly humbled by um, what I continue to hear from people about how important that is to them and, and what that means to them. At the same time, I'm also incredibly energized and motivated. Um, you know, Cambium is a sponsor of the Power of Women Awards, which were which is an awards program that was founded by Deborah Quazo as part of the, you know, ASU GSB Summit. Um, the awards are presented at the ladies lunch. Um, I'm using the air quotes because um, Deborah was good at about reminding us that that's a facetious name. Um, the ladies lunch event um, at ASU GSB each year. And what an amazing room of leaders um, that event has turned into. Um, I believe that this past year was the 11th year of that lunch. Um, and what that lunch does is it brings together, you know, some of the most impactful leaders, CEOs, um, bankers, sponsors, um, leaders in the space who are really dedicated to making a difference and investing and making a difference um, in that space. And, you know, that was nearly 300 women um, in that room uh, this year, recognizing and supporting and awarding women who are making a difference in the space. And so building that community, that in and of itself is an act of leadership. And so the entire community owes that thanks to Deborah Quazo for actually creating, literally bringing us all to the table <laughs> um, for that kind of event and creating that opportunity. What's really encouraging about that is to see how that's grown to see each year how many more women um, are there and making that difference and really focused on, on making a difference in the space 
for the purpose of giving all people access to a future. Um, and I think that's the, you know, the uniting purpose um, of that community and that group that extends out to the larger um, ed tech community is exciting. And it's an exciting and important reminder for us all that we have more to do and we're making progress. And Deborah Quazo is a friend of the show. She's been on a few times and she's actually uh, scheduled to come on uh, in a few weeks. So uh, hopefully she gets to, to see this episode because um, just like you were saying, the impact that someone has that sometimes they don't realize that they have. Um, that's a great example. And uh, it's, uh, it's really uh, inspiring. What advice do you have for other aspiring leaders, um, men and women, uh, both within ed tech and even out, outside of ed tech? Um, would love to get your uh, kind of what's on your mind right now as far as the best advice you could give to aspiring leaders. Yeah. Um, you know, I feel like we develop the ability to give good advice by making mistakes and learning from them. And um, I've certainly made a lot of mistakes. So I've had a lot of learning opportunities. Um, so I feel like I can give some really great advice um, as a result of that. Um, here's what I would say, first of all. Um, it's really important uh, to develop a network of support and allies for what you do um, and for your purpose, uh, for what you're trying to achieve. And I think one of the things that can often get lost when people are thinking about that, because you know, often when you say something like that, people agree, um, it makes sense. But I think what can get lost is the best way to develop an authentic, durable relationship, an ally who is really going to support you and be an accomplice um, relative to your purpose, your mission, your goals, is to be one for somebody else. The most effective way to do that is to be an ally to somebody else, um, you know, to help them. Those are the most meaningful relationships, professional or personal. Um, and so, you know, when I think about things like, um, you know, mentoring opportunities or those kinds of things, not only does a mentee in a mentor-mentee relationship, whether it's formal or informal or otherwise, not only does the mentee benefit from that relationship, so does the mentor. I've learned so many important lessons and so many terrific things and been forced to recognize things about myself by virtue of helping somebody else, um, investing in their journey and their career. Um, that, you know, that's, I think, one of the things that we can take for granted and sometimes miss when it comes to supporting one another and why it's important that we invest the time and energy uh, to support one another. And interestingly, that also came up recently um, relative to the Power of Women Awards because um, one of the Power of Women Award winners um, for 2022 is was Jamie Candy, um, CEO of Admentum. And so as I was, you know, prepping for presenting the Power of Women Award winners awards this year, um, I had a conversation with each of the award winners. And when Jamie and I were talking, I asked her, what advice would you give um, leaders, aspiring leaders in this space? And she said something very similar. She said, she said to me, my advice is this, you always have, you always have time to help someone 
get to the next stage in their journey, to help someone get to the next step. You always have time for that. And part of the reason you always have time for that, and this is me editorializing now, and part of the reason I agree with her so much is because it's important for both of you. So even when you're busy, <laughs> even when you feel like you are you know, pressed for time, it's important to be an ally. It's important to be an accomplice and to support somebody else because those are the people who are gonna support you. Um, those are gonna people who are gonna help you learn lessons about yourself um, in a way that you can hear them and learn them and take them on board. Um, and that's really critical um, when it comes to, to leadership is recognizing um, that these kinds of relationships are some of the most important um, of our careers. And I think, you know, the other thing that I would also say there, uh, and it comes back to the way I um, started answering this question is leaders aren't perfect. You know, no humans are. What is critical to leading is trying. You have to try. <laughs> You have to strive for whatever it is. And you might make mistakes along the way as you try and strive. Um, you may not get what you were striving for the way that you thought you would get it. <laughs> it may not come to you as you originally conceived of it, but you will learn so much along the way. And you can't make an impact if you don't try. Um, and so trying is so critical. And yes, you're going to make mistakes, but learn from those mistakes, use those as a learning opportunity that helps you build your next success. And if you keep doing that, if you keep doing that over and over again, um, you're going to build a really durable foundation of success along the way. And it is, you know, it is important and imperative for leaders to keep, to bring their own intrinsic motivation to that try factor, <laughs> um, because that really is what creates durable success over time. I love it. And before I let Lena ask the last question, I just have to jump in and say Jamie Candy, also a, uh, a guest of the show many times and a big fan of hers. Um, and as far as uh, mentor mentees, uh, John Jorgensen from Cambium is one of my mentors. And, and I can't say enough the power of that. And I encourage my team to have mentors. Um, but before I allow them or, or encourage them to have a mentor, I ask them to find someone else to be a mentor for. And I say, you know, you'll get so much more out of you know, what do I do with a mentor relationship if you actually do that with a mentee as well? So hopefully everyone out there listening uh, has a mentor. If you don't, go get one. But also even first before that, go find someone else to mentor, even no matter what your age, no matter what your uh, stage in your career, you can always find someone uh, that can learn something from you. So that's my public service announcement. I'll uh, let Lena ask the last question as we wrap up here. I'll also hop on that bandwagon as well. Um, I've found it very powerful um, to make sure that you are doing some kind of mentor, mentor e type of relationship because it is important and, and everyone has something to give. And I think that it also helps lift you up as like a leader and also to just know, um, like you said, it's you're not going to be perfect 100% of the time and probably... 10% of the time is mostly what it will look like. But I think it's important that you put yourself out there because if you don't put yourself out there, you never know what's going to come from it. So I think that's important feedback there. Um, hopping over a little bit more so to um, obviously being a woman, what do diversity, equity, and inclusion mean to you? And why are those pillars important to Cambium? Yeah, great question. Um, I think a couple of there are a couple of really important points here, which is that the first is when we think about 
um, when we think about successful businesses um, and we think about successful organizations in general that make an impact, innovation is such an, a critical component um, of durable success and meaningful impact. And one of the things that I think that people can miss um, in conversations about diversity, equity, inclusion, diversity, equity, inclusion, and belonging is how important diversity of thought, experiences, lived experiences, backgrounds, cultures are to really effective innovation. Because I think one of the challenges that people miss, um, because people tend to lean towards what's comfortable and tension can be uncomfortable. Um, what's really critical is that for innovation um, to be lasting and durable, there has to be a little bit of tension. There has to be a little bit of push and pull. There has to be diversity of thought and ideas that push and pull one another um, to create a stronger, more durable outcome. And I, you know, one of the ways I think about this through is the lenses that we look through. So if a group of people who are tasked with solving a problem or addressing an issue all are so are very similar um, in you know backgrounds, experience, lived experiences, thought patterns, et cetera, they're gonna all be looking through a similar lens when they look at a challenge or a solution or a problem. So they're gonna see part of the picture. What they're missing is all the other lenses um, that that challenge or issue um, could and should be looked at. And when they miss all of those other lenses, it's like only seeing part of the picture, like you have half of the picture. <laughs> and what's interesting about that is that you can then go out and build a, what you think is gonna be a solution or a service or a, um, you know some kind of approach to that challenger solution and process, but you are literally only seeing a portion of a picture. And without that diversity of perspective, thought, um, representation, you are freeing up your competitors to innovate around you and without you. You are giving yourself a blind spot um, that really other folks who, ha who have that diversity of thought, representation, lived experience can go ahead and solve problems and innovate right around you because you are not even aware of what you're not seeing. And so I think, um, businesses can lose that perspective. And that's one of the, in, you know, when we think about durable success, in my view, it's a team sport. And that doesn't mean we agree about everything. <laughs> um, and so it is really critically important that we see as much of the picture as possible when it comes to understanding the challenges um, that we're trying to address and the things that we're trying to solve for. Um, I think it's also really uh, critical that we think about that we think about success as a team sport that doesn't always have to be comfortable. In fact, it shouldn't always be comfortable. At Cambium, for example, you know, we've come together, we're nearly 2,500 employees now. We've come together from such a variety of faiths, gender and racial identities, backgrounds, cultures, lived experiences, 
there are lots of the things that we must disagree on, that we do disagree on just because of our diversity of experience and background, et cetera. It's not possible for us to agree on everything. But what we what unites us is our common purpose to help every student and every educator for, feel seen, valued, and supported. And if we bring our diversity together so that we're looking through all of the lenses that we could possibly look through to understand a challenge or a situation um, that are fa that's facing students or facing educators, we are going to be so much better at addressing that challenge, that situation, that solution, because we can see as much of the picture as possible. And that is so important. And then we have to strive to live that internally. We have to strive to live that purpose internally so that each of our employees feel seen, valued, and supported. Um, and that that's why diversity, equity, and inclusion and belonging is so important to what we do and, and such an important contributor to our success um, in serving the educators and students we serve. And I love the sports analogy. I was a college football player. I know you coached uh, rowing, um, but when you're building a sports team, you can't have everyone play the same position or have the same role, right? You have to have diversity. Um, and even sometimes within those positions, diversity of options to uh, take on different opponents, right? So I think that's a great analogy. Um, and I would love to dive into it's not enough for inclusion, but to have belonging. But that's going to have to be for another episode because we are out of time today. Um, oh, my goodness, Ashley, thank you so much for joining us on this episode. Oh, it was absolutely my pleasure. And Alina, of course, thank you so much for co-hosting. You bring so much to this show this season um, and to our audience. Thank you for joining us for another uh, episode of Voices of eLearning. Be sure to check out our uh, website and uh, Market Scales page with past episodes and wherever you consume your podcast, Apple, Spotify, uh, Google. Uh, be sure to like and follow and comment and interact with us. Thank you so much for joining and always, always keep learning.